Hi, this is Pastor JC. I want to thank you for listening to today's podcast here at Faith Outreach Church. We want to invite you anytime you're in the area to come by and visit us at 3001 Wallace Avenue here in Terre Haute, Indiana. Sit back and enjoy today's message. He just got through talking about the tongue and talking about uh, praying in tongues. And yesterday I was talking about the tongue in, in the aspect of what we say. So let's just go back there. Amen. Let's go back to Brother Hagin, chapter 11, verse 23. <laughs> Mark 11, 23. You know, some people think he wrote that scripture, but he didn't. He just got a revelation of it and preached it. And then the rest of us got a hold of it too. Amen. So I'm, I read out of the New King James, unless I tell you uh, the other translation. He says, Assuredly I say to you, whoever says to the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. If something's cast in the sea, then it's out of sight, out of mind. You know, and it, with everything going on, it's kind of hard for us to keep our attention off this virus stuff. Because you, you flip the television on or look at Twitter or Facebook or anything else, you're going to, somebody's saying something about this stuff. And you know, um, that's how faith and fear operate the same way. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Fear comes by hearing, hearing by, about the lies of the devil or the manifestations of the devil. Because that's all this coronavirus is. It's a manifestation of the devil. Because sickness didn't come from God, it came from the devil. And so, the only way we can get our eyes off of what we see, off of a reality, is to say what the truth of God's Word is. You know, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, it says, While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are unseen are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. Hallelujah. Says they're temporary. Amen. And they're, they won't last uh, longer. Uh, uh, they won't hang around. They'll go by quicker, in other words, if we'll do what we're supposed to do and speak to this stuff. Yeah. And let me just say something here. Uh, in ministering to people, we just kind of accidentally found this out, but then we got to looking, we started doing this. We, when we would minister to people, lay hands on people, we would speak to sicknesses and disease, and then later on we got to looking in, in the Gospels and in the book of Acts, and you won't ever see, I challenge you, won't, you will not ever see anybody praying to God and asking God to do something because he told them to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And he said, lay hands on the sick. And in Jesus' ministry, the apostles' ministry, they always spoke to things. Just like Peter at the gate, beautiful. The guy was wanting some, wanting some money, and Peter said, well, I don't necessarily have any money, but what I do have. See, he knew he had something. We ought to know we got something. He says, rise and walk in Jesus' name. He didn't say, oh, Father, if it be thy will, raise this man up. Yeah. No, and then he did grab him by the hand. 
you always see people speaking to it. Why? Because of the power of our words. See, we've been talking about authority too. You can't dissect this stuff. We have authority in our words and in our actions. And when we act like Jesus, see, let me tell you. In Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, he was our substitute. But in his life and ministry, he was our example. That's why he told us that we could do the works he did if we just believe on him. Now, if that's not true, if John 14, 12 is not true, then you've got to tear that out of the Bible. And a lot of churches, they wouldn't have no Bible to, listen, to read because they don't believe this stuff. But you just got to believe and act on it. He said to say to the mountain. And he said that, that well, let me finish reading that 2 Corinthians 4, 8. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are temporary, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Eternal. Like I said yesterday, you change your eternal destination when you heard about Jesus and you believed in your heart and you confessed with your mouth that He is Lord. You changed your eternal destination and you defeated the devil right there and right then. And you weren't even saved when you believed it. You weren't saved until you believed it and said it. You agreed with God's word and you said it. And that which was a natural thing, you were on your way to hell. And then when you heard about Jesus, the ultimate will of God for all mankind, you said it. You, de you declared and you decreed that Jesus Christ was your Lord. But he wasn't your Lord when you said it. Come on now. See, you change. You, the greatest miracle that ever took place in your life was when you confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And the devil couldn't stop it. Amen. Hello? Amen. Well, if the devil couldn't stop the most important thing that God has ever done for you, he can't stop anything else. Amen. Woo! Amen. So, he said... Uh, um, in Mark eleven twenty three, 23, he said, As Surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea. And then in verse 22, let's back up a little bit. He said, Have the faith of God. And the Greek literally says, Have the God kind of faith. But if you go back to the earlier part of the chapter, he demonstrates the God kind of faith. Let's go back. Uh, in the beginning part of it, Jesus demonstrated the faith when he spoke to the fig tree, and he kept right on going. You know, he didn't speak to that fig tree and then go over and look at it. Because he's not moved by what he saw. He's only moved by what he believes. And he knew that his words had power. See, we got to know that our words have power, especially when we're speaking God's word. But whether you're speaking God's word or the devil's word, you're going to get what you say. Hello. It just depends on who, 
uh, which, which will you hook your mouth up with. You hook your mouth up with all of these other naysayers and talk about this virus and it, it, fear will begin to generate in you and then you'll begin to say what you really believe or what you really fear. And it'll come on you. I said it'll come on you. No, I just believe that Jesus took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. I believe that I'm redeemed from the curse of the law, and that stuff don't have no right to come near me. I'm not going to accept that. I don't care if I rub elbows with somebody that does. You know, I'm sorry they don't know this stuff. There's no excuse today for any man or woman to be ignorant of what we're teaching here this week. There's so much out there anymore. I mean, there's lots of people that are teaching this stuff that don't even know Brother Hagin, never heard of Brother Hagin, but they heard it through somebody who heard it through somebody who heard it through somebody who heard it through somebody and it's still the same truth, whether it came from Brother Hagin or not. Because initially it came out of the Bible. It's the Bible came from Jesus. And Jesus wasn't the first faith preacher. I mean, you go back in the Old Testament. But anyway, so they're just going along. Jesus was hungry. And he, he went over to look and see if there's fruit on the tree. Now, you know, I'm not going to get into why all that happened. But he spoke to the tree because it didn't have any fruit. And he said this. Uh, verse 14. In response, Jesus said, said to it, speaking to the tree, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And notice this. It says his disciples heard it. See, he's all the time teaching his disciples. And, and because we've got it in written form, he's, he's continuing to teach his disciples. Because really, disciple only means a student of God's word. His disciples heard it. Verse 20. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up by the roots. See, when you start saying something, you may not see anything, you may not feel anything, but when you started saying it because you believe it, something goes to work. Amen. I said something goes to work. Amen. It may not be immediate that you see the end result, but eventually if you don't get have a temporary period of stupidity and change your confession, you're going to see what you begin to confess. You just got to stick with it. And see, all the time, there's a big cycle going on. Because you're hearing the word. Because you're saying the word. And the more you say it, the more you believe it. And the more you believe it, the more you'll say it. And the more you say it, the more you believe it, the more you'll see it. See, it's a cycle. Like I said yesterday, he said, when I was talking about the mountain, he said, speak to the mountain. And I said, your mind is the biggest mountain that you have to speak to. Yeah. My mind was squirrely. 
and yours was too. And still may be. <laughs> still may be. But you got to speak to it. What do I say, Brother Larry? You say what God says. You know, I, my, 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 my. Well, I got to get this point out. I'm, I'm, y'all pulled me off over here on another rabbit trail. I'm going to stay with this. It says, in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up by the roots. And verse 21, Peter remembering said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. But if you look at this, he gave him an example of the power of his word even in the very beginning part of this chapter. Remember? Let's go back to verse 2. He said to them, Go into the village opposite you, and as soon as you have entered it, you'll find a coat on which no one has sat. Loose it and bring it. I mean, think about this. Now, I know in the Western days, I don't know if this is true for back then, but probably so, in the Western days, they hung horse thieves, didn't they? I mean, I remember watching those Westerns. You steal a horse, and they catch you. They're going to find you hanging from a tree. Amen? So he's telling them to do something, and that could have been life and death situation on their behalf if what he said wasn't true. Amen? So, and then it says in verse 3, And if anyone says to you, what you doing? And the Lord has Tell them that the Lord has need of it, and immediately he will send it here. Wow. And then let's go on and read verse 4. So uh, they went their way, and they found a coat tied by the door outside in the street, and they loosed it. But some of those who stood there said to them, What are you doing loosing the coat? And they spoke to them, and they said, Jesus had commanded what Jesus had commanded, so they let him go. What did Jesus command them to say? The Lord has need of it, and immediately he will send it here. Man. So think about this. Jesus tells them to go get this coat. And, and you know, it... it I'm not sure about the law, but they could have been in trouble by taking this coat if some people stopped them. And notice, they, Jesus had told them what to say. Amen? Jesus has told us what to say. And so, they just said what Jesus told them to say, and the guys just let them go. I mean, think about it. They didn't know who these guys were. They might not even known who Jesus was. Because not everybody knows Jesus back then. But at least the power in Jesus' word, just, Jesus said, just tell them the master has need of it. The master's got need of a lot of things for you. Yeah. Come on now. I said the master has need of many things for you. Your personal life, your family, 
This church, your community, this nation, there's lots of things that the Lord has need of, and, but it's not going to come to pass unless we take his will or his word and speak it out of our mouth. We're the only vessel that God has to speak through in this earth. Come on. I said we're the only vessel that God has to speak through in this day and this time. Actually, we are the only, we're Jesus here on the earth. We're his representatives. So when we speak to things, we're not always going to see an immediate change. So we just hold fast to our faith. And we keep saying it, and we keep saying it. Pastor Jesse mentioned some stuff going on in her body. Pastor J.C. did too. I told you about the accident I had last year. I'm speaking to things in my body, and it's got to line up. Now, it, it, I didn't see any difference for a month or so. And I was going to doctors too. I'm not opposed to doctors. Where do you think the doctors got the wisdom from? The natural and the supernatural work together makes an explosive force for God. I'm not going to stick my head in the sand and say, well, I don't need any doctors. I got the word of God. No, if my faith isn't manifesting what I need, then I'm going to go and take a second alternative because that was provided for by God anyway. And it can get me to a place because sometimes our, the symptoms in our body can speak so loud you know, if we get a little bit of relief, then our faith will get to working a little better. Or at least we'll, we'll hold fast to our confession of faith and stay with what we got started. There's so many times people will hear messages like this and, you know, they get all excited about, oh, yeah, I understand the power of my words. And, and they start on a faith journey, but they don't stick with it. And a lot of the time, it's because they're listening to so much other stuff. Hello? You know, when the, uh, when, when the stomach turns come on television, you just need to turn that thing off. There's not a whole lot good on there anymore, folks, and I know you know that. Anyway, don't want to get to meddling. Let's go to Matthew chapter 7. This is, uh, I'm going to tie this in together here, and we all know this. But Matthew chapter 7, we'll start in verse 24. He says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken unto him a wise man who built his house on the what? We talked to Pastor J JC, talked about the rock this morning. Brother Philip talked about it the other day. The rock, the solid foundation, the revelation of the power of God's word. And Jesus said, well, be wise, folks. But the devil pulls on us. He throws uh, uh, um, stuff in our way, situations, circumstances in our way, just to see how we're going to respond to it. And like 
uh, Brother Phillips said last night, some folks whine and cry and just, oh, just go crazy when their dead people die and go to heaven. Did I? <laughs> My Lord, if someone dies and go to heaven, you know, what's the, best, what's the worst thing that could happen to you right now? You could step out there in the street and a Mack truck hits you and you die and go to heaven. <laughs> That's not so bad. But I don't know about you. Well, I do know about you. I want to finish my race with joy. Amen. So he says we're wise folks if we hear his sayings. And then he says, then some problems come. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat on the house, and it what? It crumbled. No, it said it did not fall. Everybody say, it did not fall. For it was what? Founded on the rock. Our life. Founded on the word of God. Verse 26. But everyone who hears these saying of mine and does not do them, uh-oh, you know, you can come to church and hear the word of God and walk out of here and not do it. Now, it's good to hear the word, but what did James say? It's the doer of the word that's blessed in his deeds. Just hearing the word is not enough. you got to put into practice what you hear. See, because actually what we hear gives us the ability to do what we heard. I'm going to say that again. What we hear gives us the supernatural ability to do what we just heard. God's wanting us to get involved in this. Come on now. I said God is wanting us to get involved in this. It's just like you hear tithing and you don't tithe. It's not going to do you any good. But if you hear about tithing and you start tithing and then giving and then keep your mouth right, then you'll get the prosperity going in your life. You hear about healing and you start talking about the scriptures, you talk, start talking about the power of God working in you, and it benefits you. But if you hear about healing, you don't talk about it, and you start listening to all this coronavirus stuff, and that's what you're going to be, begin to believe above what you heard. So you got to start putting into practice what you hear, or what you hear is, is really no good to you. So... But everyone that hears these sayings of mine and does not do them is like a foolish man. Fool. You fool. <laughs> a foolish man who has built his house on the sand. You can't build on the sand. Not, with have, not without having some piers down there. Because when, when the water comes... When adverse circumstances come, it's going to wash your sand away. We got to build on the rock. And the rock is not just the word, it's hearing the word and doing the word. Come on now. 
that the, the rock is there, but the rock becomes our foundation when we start saying it and acting on it. And then it said, the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat the house, and it fell, and it was a great fall. So there's two different men or women, either way, because God is no respecter of person or sexes. Amen. So both people in this context here, they heard the word, right? The one that heard it and did it, Jesus says, wise. The one that heard it and didn't do it is a fool. Now, I didn't say you was. I, Jesus said you was. And notice this. The same storms came to both men, but there was two totally different results. Same, same opportunity to overcome, but one was victorious and one failed. One stood on the rock, talked about the rock, saw the rock, and was victorious. One heard about the rock, maybe even talked about it, the, the rain and the storm. Now, what are we going to do now? Ooh, he told us to stand on the rock, but you see that stuff out there? I mean, my mama, you know how folks do. Go to talking about the stuff that's coming. What are we going to do? They're going to shut the schools down. They, you know, it could be six months before this stuff's over. Then they ain't found a cure for it yet. Well, we already got a cure. Amen. I said we already got a cure. Woo, sorry about that. Yeah. Jesus already took coronavirus. There's nothing under heaven that God hasn't already created a cure for. That Jesus hasn't already paid for. I don't care how bad the medical community talks about it. How bad it is and how damaging it could be to your body. And how, you know, well, you know, just certain ones. If you're, if you're old and you got respiratory diseases or what, whatever. That don't matter to us. I said that don't matter to us. Because we're not in the same boat as the world. We're on a rock. But we got to stay on the rock. And the way we stay on the rock is talking about it and acting in line with it. Let's go back to Mark 11. Mark eleven twenty three. For surely I say to you, whoever says to the mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believe those things that he says will be done, you'll have whatever you say. 
The Aramaic word here for doubt means to be divided, undecided in your heart. What's James say? A double-minded man need not receive anything from God. See, our mind and our words and our actions, it, it's, it, this stuff all works together. And, and what the deal is, we're not straddling the fence in our Christianity. I said this the other day, you know, sometimes some people, I know not anybody in here, but some people, they come to church and they learn how to act like everybody else, but you get them out there in the world and they may not act like that because they let their flesh control them. And like Brother Phillips said, you know, he, he was ready to go uh, hit this guy because he had said something about him and the compassion of God came on him and saved him. <laughs> But he said, do not doubt in your heart. Don't doubt in your heart. What's doubting in your heart? Well, I'm glad you asked. Looking at circumstances and yielding to them. Think about Paul. You know, Paul was called, one of his callings was to the king's. And he's on this ship, and he's on the way to Rome. And all of a sudden, an opportunity arose. Well, he had, he had already told them in the beginning, because the Holy Ghost living on the inside of him said, fellas, you know, we, we probably ought to not do this. But he wasn't in the position that he was in control, because he's a prisoner. And he's got to do what the, what the soldier that had, you know, he was over him, and they got on this ship, and they get out there, and it's, it's not good. I mean, they're storming. They, they hadn't eaten for days. So Paul, on the way to Rome in the ship, uh, encountered the storm, and then here God comes along and saves a whole bunch of them, an angel. God sent an angel, and he appeared to Paul. You know, take a little side journey. The church needs to be aware of angelic help. Come on. Man, I mean, you read the book of Acts, and these dudes showed up all the time. Why don't we see them all the time? Because we're not believing for them. Aren't they, Hebrew says, aren't they all ministers of spirit sent forth to minister for those that, sh that are... Uh, Heirs of salvation. Thank you, sir. Got the Sanhedrin up here helping. Woo! <laughs> the saved Sanhedrin. <laughs> anyway, let me get back. See, a preacher, he just throws a whole bunch of stuff out there. That's why I have notes, or I'd be all over the place all the time. So they encountered... This storm, and so let's pick up the story in Acts 27, verse 23. And I'm going to read it to you out of the message. It said, for an angel visited me last night. The angel of my God 
the God whom I passionately serve. See, in this day, in this time, especially with all this stuff going on, we can't be half-hearted about our Christianity and our devotion to God. Or, I could put it in a plainer sense, our devotion to the Word of God. You know, because you can't say that you love God and not love His Word. And not know His Word. And I'll just say this, you know, there's a lot of folks, they love being saved, but Jesus is our Savior, but He is also our Lord. Well, see, if Jesus is really your Lord, you're going to do what he told you to do. Come on, there's a difference. There is a difference. There's some folks, they got saved just to get the fire insurance. Amen? You know what I mean? And to keep from burning in hell. And that's all they care about. And they, they live carnal, defeated lives because their ignorant preacher tells them it's all right. And he strokes their carnality. But y'all not going to get that in here. Amen. You're going to get the Word of God. He's going to teach you how to live right. But they can't make you. You know, I couldn't make people in my church. Obey the word of God. I'd like to. Oh, I love God. And you see him once a month. Now, see, I know I'm preaching to this choir, but you folks ain't like that. You, I mean, anybody be here on a Tuesday morning. Now, I know there's folks that had to work. You know, you do have Jesus. Uh, who was it? Timothy? said, if you don't work, you don't eat. Or Paul said that, didn't he? We, we do have obligations. But then, you know, never mind, I won't go there. I'll let that go. So the angel visited me last night, the angel of God. I passionately serve. He came and stood in front of me, verse 24, we're in Acts 27, and said, don't be afraid. Or do not fear. I said this the other day, but I'll say it again. See, doubt, fear, and unbelief is received and acted on just like faith. Doubt, fear, and unbelief comes from listening to the lies of the devil, and it becomes effective in your life when you begin to act on it. Talk about it. Meditate on it. Think about it. Be fearful. See, it'll come on you and overtake you if you let it, but it can't. It don't have any power over you unless you let it. See, every, uh, all the bad stuff that the devil would want us to have has already been defeated. Jesus defeated the devil. He doesn't have a foot to stand on. Y'all get that in a minute. See, faith and fear, it's the same way. They're, they're forces in this earth. And if, if we allow ourselves, see, the number one step is don't be listening to all that stuff. Now, we don't want to be ignorant of what's going on in the world. 
But if you spend 30 minutes or an hour listening to what's on TV or the internet, because that's all that's been said right now, then that'll begin to work in you, and you begin to think about it, you begin to talk it, and uh, then, then the next case they'll find here in this area will be you. Right? But if we take some of the scriptures that we've used, Jesus took my infirmities. Matthew 8, 16 and 17. And Galatians 3.13, I'm redeemed from the curse. And that, that virus is a curse. It's not a blessing. Deuteronomy 61 tells you about all the curses. And we're redeemed from all that stuff. Jesus paid the price so that we wouldn't. See, I like uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21. It says, he, uh, he who knew no sin... Or any effects of sin, which is sickness and disease. He who knew no sin was made to be sin for us. Why? That we might be made the righteousness of God. I like to say it like this. Jesus became everything I was so I could be everything he is. I can be health and healing and a propagator of that. Amen. I can be a vessel of God. I can keep that junk off of me, and I can get it off of others. Yeah, I'm going to say that again. I can keep it off of me, and I can get it off of others amen. if he'll let me. Let me just take a side journey and tell you a little story here. We went to Prague in 92, uh, and we had a landlady that lived above us. She was real hungry, and her husband was an atheist. And we got to know them. They they uh, they lived above us, and so uh, I came home one day, and Yarda, which is the husband, he was really distraught. And I said, because Angela and I were learning the Czech language, I said, "What's what's wrong?" He said, "Well, Mirka, that's his wife. Mirka's in the hospital, and uh, the doctors says she's got cancer. She's got six months to live." And I said, well, could we go to the hospital and pray for her? And he said, yes. A confessed atheist. He said, yeah. You know, when people in the hard place, it don't matter what they say they believe, if they even think you can help, they'll let you. So anyway, me and Angela and our interpreter and the Czech Bible, we went to the hospital to visit Mirka. And she had to come out of a ward with about 12 other women. That's, that's socialism for you. I, I could spend about 15 minutes on that, but we don't have time this morning. But we don't want it. We lived under it 18 years. Anyway, so uh, we felt impressed to ask Mirka to read Mark 16, 15 to the end of the chapter. And she read it in the Czech Bible. And then she said something that surprised me. She says, but I don't believe. And then I said something that surprised me. You know, it, it's amazing what the Holy Ghost will say through you, even if you think another way. I said, well, you don't have to believe. I said, the Bible says the believers, me and Angela and our interpreter, we qualify. And he said, the believers will lay hand on the sick. You qualify. All I need 
is your permission. And so we did what the Bible said. She led us. We did what the Bible said. And long story short, God healed her of cancer. Because we, the believer, just dared to believe what God said and to put it into practice. And she got healed. Now, later on, she got saved, thank God. But us believing, I'm telling you, faith is such a mighty force. And we've got to get over this fact that we're nothing, we're nobody because we are something. God made us something. We're the only force in this world that can change anything. His word in our mouth, our actions in line with his word changes things. I believe this nation is headed in the right direction now. Now, you know, this is a temporary speed bump. But I believe this nation is headed in the right direction now because the church got tired of the way things were and they started praying. They started changing things. We're the only ones that have a voice with God. So anyway, back to the Paul on the ship. <laughs> he said, Paul's talking to the people because an angel of God appeared to him. You know, an angel can come and give you a word from God. Oh, the word of God is powerful, whether it comes out of the Bible or if a true angel of God or a prophet of God or the Spirit of God speaks through us. Like Pastor Jesse was talking. There's certain things. God may lead you in a certain way and you begin to act on that and talk about that. Be obedient. Just don't scrub your arm with that little scrubby thing. I mean, so simple. You didn't hear the story yesterday, but she had a rash or something and the Holy Ghost told her to, she'd been believing God. And the Holy Ghost said, don't use that little scrubby thing anymore. And it healed up. I mean, you're believing for healing and causing it all at the same time. I mean, God is so, uh, want to be involved in every minute detail of our lives. Because we're our precious and valuable to him. But so are the ones outside those doors out there. Man, I just say all the time, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. And that's what he sent Jesus for, souls. And that's the only thing we can take to heaven with us. So anyway, back on verse 24 here. Of uh, Acts 27. He said don't be afraid. Paul you are destined to stand trial before Caesar. And because of God's favor on you. He has given you the lives of everyone who is sailing with you. Man. Because of the plan of God for Paul's life. All those folks on the ship got saved. Because of the plan of God in your life. Ain't no telling how many folks will be saved if you act right. 
If you act in line, act like a Christian. Acts 11, 26, it says they were first called Christians in Antioch. You know what that means? They were first called anointed ones. I mean, the church went out and tore it up, man. The apostles stayed in Jerusalem. It's the church. Folks, just like you and me, they went out and they did what Jesus told them to do, and multitudes came to the Lord. See, you got a call on your life. It doesn't matter. You may not ever stand behind the pulpit, but you got a call of God on your life, and you're valuable, and you're important. And what you say and do makes a difference, whether you think it does or not. And then verse 25, therefore take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. That's what got them all saved. Just because the angel said that they were going to be saved didn't make it so. Paul took hold to that word in his heart and spoke it out of his mouth. He declared it and decreed it. And all those guys could have stoned him right then. Well, are you crazy? An angel appeared to you and you say we're going to be saved? We'll just, we'll just fix you right here, right now. No, he was bold about it. See, if you really believe something, you'll be bold about it. You'll act on it. Now, you don't have to act like us when we preach. You you got your own personality God's going to use. Like I said in my testimony, my friend just set me down at his kitchen table with his Bible and just showed me scripture after scripture and read it to me because my mind was so messed up I couldn't hardly read back then. But those scriptures lodged in my heart and then I accepted them and confessed it. Like I said, I prayed that one simple prayer after I asked Jesus to come back into my life, and I said, God, I want everything I saw in your word. And when I said that, man, God came in and flooded my life and interrupted my plan, which was not a good one anyway. Like I said, I was going back to prison for the second time for 25 to life. But God, but God, What about the story of Abraham and Sarah? You know, okay, here's Abraham. He's 100 years old. That's a little above the year of childbearing, you know. I'm in my latter 60s, and I don't know if I want to, if me and Angela would want to have children now or not. I told Pastor J.C. and Jesse, I said, we decided not to have children because we didn't want a child with noses like ours. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. No, we knew. Angela's got a call on her life, and I did, and we knew that we were going to go to uh, all over the world and plant churches and, and, and have Bible schools, and we just couldn't see how a child would fit in. But anyway, so here's Abraham and Sarah. They, they're, they're, they're barren according to the world. Amen. It's not possible. And they didn't even have all this uh, medical stuff available to them 
You know, nowadays, if people are barren, they, they can do some stuff, medically speaking. But they didn't have that. And then, so let's take up the, the scripture in Romans 4. Now I'm back in the New King James. Romans 4.20. See, we're still talking about doubt. Well, we're talking about faith too, but you know, sometimes you need to recognize your enemy. I said, sometimes you need to recognize your enemy. Doubt is an enemy. He's not a friend. And so in verse 20 of Romans 4, it said, he did not, talking about Abraham, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. See, unbelief, doubt, and fear cause you to waver. In other words, you're not going to be on that rock we talked about earlier. Amen? We want to live our life on the rock. We want to be stable people. We don't want to be flaky Christians. Amen? And then he says, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but he, he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. See, you know, I mean, this is important. When we worship God, we don't think a whole lot about it strengthening our faith, but it does. Because I don't know about you, Jesus has never appeared to me. Now, some folks, he may have. I've never seen him. I only know him by the word. I only know him by the Holy Spirit witnessing to me. But when I can worship somebody I've never seen, never even heard an audible voice from him, the only way I know he exists is through the word, but yet I can throw my hands up and I can worship him and I can tell him how much I love him and how wonderful he is in my life and how I adore him and how mighty he is. It's strengthening my faith. And when I talk his word, and I may not have even seen it manifest yet in my life in that particular area that I'm talking about, but there's many, many other areas that I've seen him work. Well, if you've seen him work in one area and you see it in the Word and yet you haven't seen it with your eyes, you will, as long as you keep saying what you see in the Word, you will see it. Whether it's ever been manifested in your life or not. Or not. Because what he's done in one area, if the word was true, the word is true over here in the other area. Because Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away before one jot or one tittle of the smallest part of my word will pass away. And being fully convinced, one translation, persuaded, being fully This water bottle is not full. If I put, take the top off and put a little more in there and it starts to run over, that's full, right? I'd say this is more than seven eighths full, but it's not completely. He was completely, without a doubt, come on now, persuaded. 
that what he had promised, he was able to perform it. Now, God is able, whether you believe it or not. Pastor J.C., Ephesians 3.20, one of my favorite scriptures. Now unto him who is able to do just enough, you know, because you can't expect too much from him. I mean, after all, he's already done such great things for you. You can't expect a whole lot now. I mean, you don't want to push it. No, he's able to do what? Exceedingly, abundantly, above all. How much is all? All is all. In every language I know how to speak. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. I ask or think. I mean, there's things that you might think that you've really thought some wild, way out yonder thoughts. But God is able to perform that if it lines up with his word. He's a more than enough God. He's El Shaddai, not El Chipo. Amen? He's able. See, so there's two factors here. He was worshiping him, and it increased his faith, or added to his faith. And then he understood the fact that God was able to do exactly what he said. In other words, that's total reliance on the Word of God. Well, what am I going to do, you know? I mean, I, don't, I can't work during this virus. What am I going to do? How am I going to pay my bills? Poor God. I mean, if you've been faithful to tithe and give, remind him. I said remind him. You know, there are benefits of the tither that we should be saying. It's in a CD out there. Oh, I forget the name of the CD. It's one I did. On, it's on prosperity. But it talks about the benefits of tithing. And I say that, you know, I told you there's several things that I say uh, on a regular basis. And I do it when I'm in the shower. I do that with my tithe. I just say, Father, you, I'm putting you to the test because you said... I'm putting you to the test with my tithes, with my offerings, and my words. Because I do all three of them. So you got to have all three of them working. And you said that the windows of heaven would be open to me and blessings. Now, you know, it's not just money. How blessed is it that my family is all saved? Amen. There's some things you just can't put a monetary value on. That the blessing, that the windows of heaven would be open and you would pour out on me blessings that I don't even have room to contain them all. Woo! Woo! Well, I'm not there yet. Well, you could be. I'm not there yet either. But that's my goal. I also like to say I'm a multi-millionaire, yea, billionaire for the gospel's sake. Amen. So, and then he, then he went on to say that, uh, that the devourer, the seed eater, the thief would be rebuked on your behalf. 
And then I add the name of Jesus. Satan, you take your hands off my finances. Brother Hagin taught us this. And I, and I say, go ministering spirits and call so much money to come into us on a monthly basis. And then I say, go ministering spirits and cause so much money on, in a lump sum to come up come to us in Jesus' name. And then I say, go, ministering spirits, and I call forth um, so many uh, faithful, substantial, monthly partners. See, because I don't work a job. This is my livelihood. This is your livelihood. Those that live by the gospel, should, those that preach the gospel should live by the gospel. And neither one of us write any sad letters saying we're going under if, we don't, if you don't send to us. And any preacher that says that, just turn him off. But why? Because we're fully persuaded. And then he said, let's see, if I were to cast a seed one more time, that, uh, what is the rest of that? Oh, the old King James says, my vine won't cast its fruit before it's time. That means supernatural longevity for everything you own. And I go through and I talk about my cars. My cars and all their parts are going to work as long as I want them to work. My heating and air conditioning unit, my my. The guy that services, he calls it Methuselah because it's 30 years old. Methuselah is going to work as long as I want him to work. All my electronics, all my appliances. Now, I don't claim my clothes, and, my sh and, and Angela sure don't claim her shoes. But you know, why? Because I'm a tither and I'm a giver. What am I talking about? I'm pulling, 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 pulling. <laughs> Y'all get me tongue-tied here. I'm three minutes over. I'm fully persuaded that the Word of God works. Not just in tithing and offering, but in health and healing. In my family. Uh, I, the name of Jesus. I mean, my goodness, folks. It's time. It's so rapatakata. So this is the day and this is the hour for my children to rise up in faith and power and go forth in this land and declare and decree my master plan. For I have said, I have said that it shall be true even unto you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, that's enough. I'll just pick up here tomorrow. Thank you, Lord. We love you, and we thank you. We magnify your name. We glorify you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you for your word, Lord. Well, being led by the Spirit, um, I just really felt impressed this morning our CDs are normally $7, and we, sometimes, and we make a special of, of three for 20 but I, I want to just make a special four of them for 20 and it's just for you guys here this morning. 
if you'd like to uh, get any of those.